In today's episode, we're going to talk about Kindle Direct Publishing, or KDP for short. So KDP is Amazon's print-on-demand platform for books and is one income stream that I think you should definitely consider as an artist. Welcome to Make Money With Your Art. I'm your host, BJ Dell. I'm a freelance artist who took creating art as a hobby and turned it into a full-time business that brings in six figures a year. In this podcast, I'm going to share with you what I've learned along the way to help inspire and motivate other artists like you. So if you want to learn how to turn your creative passion into a successful online business, keep listening. So Kindle Direct Publishing is a print-on-demand platform, much like the ones that we talked about in last week's episode, and the idea that you really only have to upload your work, and then Amazon handles everything else for you. They handle the payment processing, they handle the printing, the shipping, the customer service, then they pay you out a royalty for each sale. However, this one's going to be a little bit different because, like we talked about last week, that print-on-demand was for clothing and wearables. With certain platforms, you could do other stuff like socks and mugs and wall art and clocks. But with KDP, it's just going to be printing books. And instead of uploading a single design like with the other platforms, KDP for each book that you do, you're going to have to upload two different files. The first file is going to be for the cover. So the one that you know goes across the front and then it's got the spine and wraps around the back. That's all one image that you'll do. Then you're also going to have to upload a second file for the manuscript. So basically the interior of the book, anything that's contained inside, what goes inside of that book is going to be a second file. But like the other POD platforms that we talked about last week, there's no fees with KDP at all. Absolutely no sign-up fee. There's no monthly fee. There's no annual fee. Uh, it's just all free. No risk, no overhead. That's one of the great things about print-on-demand. We talked about last week, uh, You know, if you wanted to start a t-shirt company and do everything yourself, you'd have to order in a bulk amount of t-shirts and then you know pay for those, pay for the printing cost, whatever that is, to get the t-shirts made if you're doing it yourself for supplies or taking them somewhere. And you're going to have a pretty large upfront investment that is just going to be sitting there until you sell through your inventory. It's going to take you a while to recoup that money. With print on demand and KDP, there's absolutely no investment. There's no overhead. There's no upfront costs. So it's entirely risk free. And it's something that I really, really urge you to consider just because you really don't have anything to lose by doing it. So that's fantastic. Uh, KDP, it's a little bit different than merch because uh, we talked about last week with merch. It is invitation only. So you've got to get on merch by Amazon and request an invitation. Then you've got to wait for your approval before you start anything. With KDP, you can just get started just by signing up. So if you want to check it out, the website to go to is kdp.amazon.com. That's where you can get started. Uh, and the other cool thing about KDP is there's a lot more territories that are available where your uh, books are going to be seen. So we talked about last week with merch, you had the U.S. territory. And then also as time went on, uh, you opened up the U.K. territory and then Germany. And with uh, KDP, it's a little bit different, a lot more territories. With that, you've got the US, you've got Canada, you've got the UK, you've got Germany, you've got France, you've got Italy, Spain, I think Japan's on there. So as you can see, a lot more people are going to be seeing your stuff because it's available in a lot more places around the world. So that's definitely a plus as far as KDP goes. Now, there's going to be a couple of ways that you can approach KDP starting out. And if you've done any research on this yet, watch any videos, read any blog posts or seen any, you know, posts or advertisements on Facebook. I know a lot of people that start out with KDP kind of approach it with 
low content or no content books. So with this approach, basically your book is going to mainly be a journal. So your manuscript is just line pages, just basically blank pages with lines across them that you can make in, you know, any of your art programs. Uh, and then the cover to the book is going to be your artwork. So that's going to be the selling point is the cover, but it's basically just a low content, no content book on the inside. And I mean, this is a possibility. It's one way that you can approach it. I know there's some people out there that have success in it, but as more people get in, I just don't think that's the wisest approach anymore. Uh, me personally, I can speak from experience. My coloring books sell so much better than any of the journals that I've ever posted. I don't even post journals or low content anymore. It's pretty much all coloring books. So that is my suggestion. So uh, with coloring books, why? I mean, they basically make up that main income source from KDP. Uh, I've still got some of those low content books from when I started out, but the coloring books, they're just the ones that bring in the significant sales, which I'll go over some of the numbers later on in the episode once we get to pricing. So we'll come to that later. But if you're listening to this episode, I really, really hope that you've listened to the previous ones as well. And if you haven't, I would urge you to go back, pause this one now, go back and listen to the other ones. I think this is what episode five. So there's not many to catch up on. Uh, this isn't a long podcast either. The episodes are pretty short. So this isn't a five hour Joe Rogan interview by any means. Uh, and the reason why I urge you to go back is because I sat down before I even started the podcast and I mapped out pretty much the six months of content to begin with. And I know as far as when I go through and I do each podcast that each episode is going to build on some of the concepts and the ideas that I talked about in the previous ones. So I don't want you to miss out on anything and I want everything to kind of flow and make sense. And that's the best way. So if you want to stop this one, go back and listen. I, I encourage you to do it because I think you'll get more out of every episode that way. So, okay, back to KDP. So also talking about platforms like KDP, uh, I'm going to be kind of going over this stuff and explaining more of the mindset and how to approach them. So this is more important, I think, to understand when you're starting out than the process of actually going through and submitting your work. So if you want a complete breakdown of the process of making a book and uploading it to KDP and you know the ins and outs and every single little box you've got to fill out along the way, I don't think an audio podcast is really the best place to go over that. But I did make a uh, video about a year ago on YouTube that talks about the entire KDP process. We upload a coloring book, start it from the beginnings in Procreate, move over to Photoshop, finish it in InDesign. So you see the whole process of making the book. And then from there, take it over to the computer and go on to KDP, get it uploaded and walk you through all of that. So definitely take the time if you want to learn the entire process, kind of have your hand held through the entire thing. I'll link that YouTube video down in the show notes below. It's a little over an hour, so it is pretty lengthy. But like I said, it's all encompassing. I think I cover every single step of the way. So there's really nothing that you're going to miss out on. So that being said, you've got to approach KDP like everything else that I talked about in the past couple episodes uh, with niche research in mind. Just like we talked about in episode three and in episode four, it really and I think two, two was niche research three. See, I'm lost on even what episode it is. I'm having fun, though, doing the podcast. So I appreciate you guys listening to it. But uh, basically, you're in customer that one that's going to be receiving the book. 
it needs to be a very specific audience. So if you want high volume, consistent sales, you need to target a specific niche. You can't just make a cute coloring book of cute cartoon characters and hope that parents are going to find it and buy it for their kids. Because number one, there's a ton of competition on Amazon. So you've got to think about, you've got other KDP sellers that are out there doing coloring books as well. So you're going to have to compete with them. But then you've also got the major and even like some of the lower sitting minor publishing houses on there. So you've got to compete with them as well. And in the sea of products, it's going to be really easy to get lost. Your cute cartoon character coloring book is just not going to get seen by that random Amazon shopper. In addition, even if it does get seen, these books are going to be priced a little bit higher at a little bit of a premium than your usual quote unquote coloring book. So if your book does get seen, it's going to be hard for a parent to pay and plunk down six bucks for just a really generic coloring book when they can go down to the local dollar store and buy one for a dollar. And if they go down there, uh, even then they might be getting a coloring book that has licensed characters in it. So you might be getting, you know, for little Joey, an amazing Spider-Man coloring book, which the customer is going to be, you know, more apt to buy because they recognize, Hey, I know Spider-Man and Hey, Joey loves Spider-Man. So let's buy him this one. When compared to just, you know, a cute, random, generic, cute coloring book with cartoon animals in it. You know, it's just one of those things you've really got to weigh what's going to provide the most value for the customer and approach it that way. There needs to be a hook pretty much uh, the way to look at it. There needs to be just something that sets your book apart, something that makes it special and unique, something that either connects to, like we talked about with the niche research, you know, a, a certain interest or a certain hobby, a certain personality trait, basically something that's going to hook that customer that's looking for it. Uh, this is also important to consider when wanting to try out other approaches to KDP. I uh, know a lot of artists, they get excited by the words book publishing and immediately jump at the idea of making an illustrated children's book. I know that's a lot of artists dreams is to be a uh, children's book illustrator. And how do I do this? How do I make a living out of this? How can I become one? And then when they find out that, Hey, I don't have to go through kind of the, the gatekeepers in the publishing world. I can just make one myself. That's what they want to do. And it's really, really, really difficult to be honest with you. Uh, for me, it's definitely a case of been there, done that. So I'm speaking from experience when I say this, but if you want to do a children's book in the end, it's going to be more of a project that exists just for you to be able to say that you did it. Uh, back in the day before all these POD printing book places became a, a big thing, there were smaller ones around and they were called vanity publishing houses. And it was a pretty fitting name because in the end it's, you're almost printing this stuff just to be able to say like, Hey, I'm a published author or Hey, I wrote and illustrated this book and don't get me wrong. I mean, you're going to get sales initially from friends and family, but it's going to be hard to get it seen and sold on a consistent basis outside of that circle. And that's kind of the key word there is consistent. You're going to see that, you know, spike when you first launch it, you're going to have friends and family just want to support you and your dreams and your creativity, but you want people that aren't your friends and family to buy that later. And it's really hard to get children's books seen. It's really hard to get the, the interest built up around there. And it's really hard, especially because you can't niche down as well with a children's book. Um, 
you know, there's certain topics that you could cover, but I know a lot of people just want to kind of do a feel good story with like a moral message or something like that. And it's not really able to be, you know, like I said, uh, targeted at a certain buying audience or a certain niche. And the other thing too, you've got to think about is you're also going to be competing against these bigger companies, these bigger publishing companies that have well-known authors, they've got well-known uh, illustrators, they also have uh, publicity and advertising departments that are throwing money behind this to drive sales. It's just really hard to compete with that. So that's why I wouldn't recommend it. I would say sticking to coloring books is the way to go. Like I said, been there, done that. I, I speak from experience, so hopefully you'll take my advice. Like I said before, just drawing cool stuff based on whatever you want to and expecting people to buy it just based off of you as the artist or just the artistic merit behind it. It's really not enough anymore. You've got to target that niche. So now that we've got all that out of the way, let's talk about the book itself. So you've identified your niche. You've got the coloring pages drawn. Your cover needs to be on point. This is super important. This is going to be the first thing that people see when they search on Amazon. So they go up to that search bar, start typing stuff in the search results, pull up. And of course, you know, you've got the text there of what the title is and everything else. But I know me personally, and most people that shop on Amazon usually just go through and look at the pictures. So it really, really needs to have a professional feel for it. Uh, I think here is the time where you've really, and I know it's hard for artists, you've got to take a step back and be a critic of your work. Uh, if you have a cover that you couldn't see on the shelf of the local bookstore, or if you couldn't see it sitting next to some of the other ma major publishers books on an Amazon search result, you really need to go back to the drawing board and kind of redo it. Like I said, I know it's hard for artists to do, but just really take a step back, look at it, uh, look at the layout, make sure everything is compelling and the typography and the font that you used works. Make sure those are all positioned correctly and you chose the right one to kind of go with the fit and the feel of the book and just really kind of put your best foot forward. That's the first thing people are going to see. You know, they have to click on that page to go through to purchase it. And if your cover doesn't drive them to even click on that to pull up the page for the product, you've already lost. So you really want to take that opportunity, like I said, just to uh, to make the presentation the best that you can. So let's talk about manuscripts. So when setting up the manuscript or the interior of your coloring book, I only print pages single sided with these coloring books. So basically, if you open the book, the page on the right hand side has the image, you flip that over the back side of that page is left blank. So the left hand side page is blank. The right side is where the coloring page is going to be. And the reason behind this is that the paper that KDP uses, it's not super thick. It's honestly not the best for coloring books. So that's kind of a way to make up for it. Uh, if you've got, you know, the image on front and back, like coloring books usually are, it's going to bleed through if they're, if the customer is using markers. So that's a way you can kind of, uh, you know, battle that by not being able to have the thicker paper. And they don't give you any options to to select the weight of the paper. I know I've had a lot of questions questions on the YouTube video asking, well, can we select paperweight? Can we select paperweight? And you can't, you can only pick the color. They give you the option to pick a cream or white and that's all you get. 
So if you've seen some of these newer uh, adult coloring books at the store and they have that real nice, like thick white paper and the perforations down the side. Yeah. You, you don't have that option here. It's just one type of paper. You get to pick the color. That's it. You do, however, get to pick the look of the cover. So with that, they have an option of either glossy or matte. So you get a little bit of, uh, you know, a pick there, but you know, not too much. So that's, I guess an option, but I'd rather have the option to pick thicker paper. Uh, the other the cool thing with KDP targeting multiple niches from a single account on KDP is possible. So this allows you to keep a cohesive brand with your listings. This is something we talked about, like on merch uh, last week, we talked about making a different brand name for each product in a niche. And you can also do that with KDP. So like we talked about, I think the example was, Oh, it was Randy and Randy had cycling t-shirts. So let's say Randy made five cycling t-shirts on merch by Amazon for the brand name. Instead of putting it under just, you know, Randy's creations, LLC, you would want to put it under uh, cycling shirts by Randy because that person looking for cycling shirts can click on that brand name and see all of Randy's cycling shirts. Same thing kind of here applies to KDP. You can make different author names or different pen names, brand names for your books. So it's a great idea because much like a brand name, that author name is going to be clickable. It's going to be a link. So then you can also then set up an author page for that niche pen name and the customer is going to land there when they click on the author. And Amazon also does something cool with this. They give you the ability to post videos to this page, uh, which really gives you the chance to make little promo videos or little like mini commercials for each book on that author page. So somebody comes over, um, Amazon does have a look inside feature for the listing and they'll show you the first few pages, but uh, with the ability to add video, you can actually kind of show all the pages in a way that people aren't going to, you know, screenshot them and save them. They're just going to be in this little video screen, but really gives the, the customer more kind of an intimate look inside the book and would definitely help your sales. So that's one thing I really recommend doing, setting up those different niche pages and the niche author pen names. Uh, it can be a company name or it can be, you know, just a, a different pen name for each niche type of book that you do. Uh, just like Merch by Amazon, though, writing the listing and using keywords effectively are going to be super important in getting your book seen. Of course, this is going to be niche a niche specific based on your target audience. So it's going to change with every listing that you do. Uh, and I could devote multiple episodes to this as well, but there's already a ton of great video content out there about this. So I'll go ahead and post down in the show notes, some helpful YouTube channels out there that have already covered this. Just search through those because there's a ton of really valuable information out there that you can just dig into and go for it. But once you submit your book, then you're going to have to wait. Wait. Yes, that's right. You have to wait for approval. Uh, it's not as long as, you know, waiting for approval to get a, approved by Merch by Amazon, but you do have to wait for your book to be approved. Basically, the KDP team is going to go through and they're going to check and make sure that everything's print ready and make sure that the margins are good, all that. And uh, like I talked about that previous YouTube video that I did about the coloring books, I really dive pretty deep into the sizing and the margins. So if you want to check that out, if you're worried about the approval process and what you need to, to make sure uh, as far as the setup goes, that everything's right and it's going to get approved on the first time, definitely check that out. Like I said, linked down in the show notes as well. So 
Now let's get to, I think the thing everybody would probably wanna know about the pricing and royalties. So you can select whatever price that you want, but of course the lower the price, the lower the royalties are gonna be. Uh, also the number of total pages, it's also gonna affect the base cost as well. So the overall markup is really gonna vary based on your book size, the number of pages you have in there. So I can't say, you know, that this price is gonna be this price every time. It's gonna vary. But for my average coloring book, I usually shoot for 30 drawings. Like I said, with them printed on, you know, the one side. And if I have a title page, that brings the total pages to 62. So for a coloring book of this size, 62 pages, I usually set my price at $5.95. So like I talked about earlier, you know, the $6 coloring book. Uh, so with a $5.95 coloring book, that leaves me with a dollar and 42 cents royalty for each book. $1.42. So is this worth your time then? Is there money to be made here? If that royalty per book, if it sounds small, I'm gonna go over some of my May sales so you can kind of see the bigger picture. But before you jump to any conclusions on this, let me say this first. Uh, I've talked numbers before on my YouTube channel and I've had some viewers comment that my results aren't common or typical or what other people can expect because I have a fairly large subscriber base. I don't think it's that large. I mean, you've got people on YouTube with millions of subscribers. I'm getting ready to hit 100,000, yay. Uh, but I mean, in comparison to those, it's not huge. It's not crazy. There's a lot of people at that level. Uh, so, I mean, it is what it is. But anyways, my top selling book does not have my name anywhere listed on it. It's not associated with it at all. Like you talked about before, I used a brand name based around the niche as the author for the book. So I didn't put it under BJ Dell. My name's not associated with it. People, you know, coming to my YouTube channel or searching for my name on Amazon, that's not what's going to come up. Uh, and this is really important in understanding why dialing in your niche and designing and marketing for a niche is so important and why really having a big following or Instagram followers or YouTube followers or likes on any social media really doesn't matter. So for example, uh, let's use, I've got that YouTube video, like I talked about with the coloring books, going back to that again. So that video has a little over, I think 160,000 views right now. So it's a pretty big video for my channel. And in that video, I show a coloring book that I made called Fudo Cats. So if you've watched the video before, you saw the Fudo Cats coloring book. So I've got it list, I talk about it in the video, I've got a link to buy it listed in the description for the video. Uh, the picture, yeah, actually the, the book itself, I'm holding it in the thumbnail. So it's in the thumbnail in the video and linked in the description. So that should lead to a ton of sales, right? Since I have, you know, a lot of subscribers and this video has a bunch of views that should lead to sales. No, that's really not the way that that goes. And uh, that's why I made this book. Honestly, I made it more as a test, uh, than anything else. And something that I could use as an example later on, like, you know, in this podcast, uh, for why focusing on a niche is so much more important than just drawing a cute set of coloring pages, or once again, just drawing something that you think is awesome and looks cool. Sure. Like with this Fudo cat one, it combines food and cats, but that's not a niche that you can target successfully. And that's why my total royalties for that book in May this wasn't sale total royalties. So this is what I made off that book in May was $12 and 92 cents. 
So I know a lot of people, like I said, on YouTube comments say, okay, well, he does these numbers because he's got this YouTube following. That just shows you using my YouTube following uh, for this book, $12.92 was what I made in May from that book. So before I talk numbers on the rest though, I also wanna say I'm not running any ads on my books. I know a lot of people ask this question. Uh, Amazon does have an advertising platform called AMS, and you can actually pay to have your products featured as sponsored search results. And I've tested uh, you know, some running some ads before using AMS in the past, but I just didn't really see the spikes in sales to justify what I was spending. Um, it, it's one thing you've got to kind of, of course, set up to begin with. So it takes time to set up the ads and you've got to add keywords to that you've got to choose how much that you're going to spend per click. So there's time invested as far as that goes, then you kind of have to monitor to see, okay, do I need to change stuff? And the time that I was spending on doing all that, and then the, the amount that I was spending, I did not see an increase of sales like you would expect for running them. So personally, I don't use ads at all. Zero nothing at all. So I know that's another question is once I go over numbers, people are going to say, okay, well, uh, you're getting these sales because of who you are on YouTube and you've got a following. And then you're also getting these sales because you're running ads and how much money are you paying? So not running AMS ads. In addition, not running Facebook ads, not running Instagram ads, running absolutely no ads at all. Basically the sales just come from targeting that niche, you know, making, like I said, a compelling, um, cover to it. So people, when they click through, they see the cover and it resonates with the niche audience. Uh, and then it just kind of rolls on from there. So let's get to numbers. So my top book in May in royalties, I did $2,247.86. Like I said, that's in royalty. So that's not the $6 in sales per piece. That's the $1.42 per book that I made, which means uh, for that one book, I sold 1,583 copies total. Once again, just want to kind of reiterate the fact my name's not attached to it at all. No ads running. These sales just came from identifying that niche creating the book with the end customer in mind and getting it listed. That's how it happened. Uh, my next, next most successful book, uh, may did over $1,200 in royalties. Same case with that one. Then I've got multiple books and it just keeps going, you know, from there, but that was my top one, uh, $2,247 in royalties. And the second book did over $1,200 in royalties. So, now that you know that, just think of scaling this. So sure, you, you're going to probably along the way have a couple of duds that don't take off. But if you see what has worked in the past, you can use this to kind of create a brand around that successful niche or hopefully niches that you've got more than one that's taking off and that have already proven to be successful. So you can keep adding under that author name or that author brand name and kind of grow that page that has all the listings on it. And I hope really just giving you that example of Fudo cats shows how important that identifying the niche is and why having a following, it really doesn't guarantee sales at all. And talking about that, that's something actually, like I said, already mapped out the first six months of episodes. Uh, the having a following, not guaranteeing sales, that's going to be an entirely complete episode in and of itself later on. So definitely stay tuned for that. It's a couple months down the line, but that's in the works for another episode. So, okay. So that's it 
that's all for today on KDP. Hopefully by hearing all this, hearing the numbers, my approach to stuff kind of maybe inspired you to try out the platform since you can kind of see what's possible and be sure to tune in next week because we're going to be talking about creating digital assets to sell on websites like Gumroad and Etsy and Creative Market. All right, guys, that's it for today's episode. Just want to thank you for listening. Hopefully you gained some valuable information that you can apply to your own art business. If you want to check me out online, here's where you can find me. And I'll go ahead and link all these in the show notes as well. So I've got a YouTube channel called Let's Draw with BJ Dell, where I post drawing tutorials and digital art how-to videos. If you want to hop on over there, be sure to subscribe and hit the bell so you can get notified when I post new videos. My website is bjdell.com. You can check out some of my artwork over there. Plus there's a contact form where you can send me any questions or suggestions for future episodes of the podcast on Instagram and Twitter. I'm at BJ Dell. And last but not least, I have a private group for artists over on Facebook called Keep Creating a Learn, Draw, Share Art Community, where you can share your art, get feedback, and just meet some really cool, supportive people. So really want you guys to be a part of that as well, too. So hop on over there and join the group. Once again, thanks for listening. And if you could do me a favor and leave a review for the podcast on whatever platform you're listening on, and definitely share it with a fellow artist if you think they would enjoy it. So that's it for me. And until next time, keep creating.